dope. Jack Settleman, everybody, creator of Snapback Sports, which is the largest sports-based Snapchat account in the world. Snapback has gained roughly 1.2 million followers across all platforms, growing over 900,000 subscribers and over 1 billion views. The GOAT himself, Jack Settleman, let's go. Super pumped to have him. Jack, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, you know, since this is, this is basically the first like actual conversation we've had, um, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how you, you know, just gained a passion for sports and, and how you were able to begin that journey with, with Snapback? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is you need to have a passion for the business side of sports, right? Like everyone loves sports. Everyone has their favorite team and all that but you need to learn to love the business side of it. And so I was lucky enough to grow up in a family business. We sell beer and our biggest client is the Baltimore Ravens. So growing up, I saw my mom and my aunt and my grandmother be the biggest Ravens fans in the world because it meant so much to the business. You know, if the Ravens made the playoffs, that's more beer sales. If they win the Super Bowl, there's parades and the bars and, and all the celebrations. So I was in the business side of sports literally from, from day one. Um, and so I learned to love that aspect of it all. So I'd say that's the origin story to it. Um, I've been entrepreneur in my whole life and it kind of led to eventually starting Snapback Sports. Yeah, man, for sure. And, you know, I saw that you started the A-List Design Shop in 2016. You know, so you talked about that entrepreneurial uh, spirit and, and you started that while you were a sophomore at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, and you worked with athletes like John Wall, Muhammad Sanu, TJ Yeldon. Um, how were you able to do that? Like at such a young age, bro, like, you know, you're in college, you know, usually at that time, people are just trying to like get their foot in the door at entry level jobs, but you're working with professional athletes at an early age. How are you able to come about that? So I think that's the power of social media, which is you would never, I would never be able to you know, contact John Wall's agent and be like, yo, can we work with John? You know, he gets a million inbound requests, but we created something dope. It came across him uh, through one channel or another, and he reached out to us and he wanted to get something done. And Mohamed Sanu, he found our shop because of social media marketing, and he just bought eight sweatshirts for all the Falcons wide receivers, right? So like, we didn't even make these outbound requests. Um, and that's really the power of social, social media connectivity and all that. So um, just knowing that there is no limits, like if you're doing dope stuff, no one really cares how old you are anymore. Like, the, you know, some of the richest people, most successful entrepreneurs, influencers, celebrities in the world are like 13, 14 year old gamers now. So right. I think social media has just opened that up to where if you're good, if you're talented and you put in the work that, you know, you can kind of be discovered. No, definitely. I mean, so, I mean, take us through that. Like, what was your daily life like, um, you know, at, during school, right? Like during your undergrad, because, you know, I can only imagine, right? Most people are going to bars, you know, having a couple of drinks, going out to parties all the time. Yeah. And now you, you're thinking about, man, like I got to contact John Wall's agent, <laughs> you know? So like, take us through that, you know, at, at an early age. Yeah, so I, I'll admit uh, the sport management program at UT Austin was not the most challenging program. It was super helpful. It kind of showed me the different lenses of the sports media or sports business world. 
PR, marketing, tickets, all that good stuff. But it wasn't something that required, you know, hundreds of hours of schoolwork. So it actually left me with some free time and I still have my fun without a doubt. That's absolutely something I would suggest is like, learn that work-life balance from an early age, learn that you can still go out and have fun till two, three, four in the morning, whatever you want to do. But know that like 9am rolls around 10am. There is work that could be done. So do it from your bed, figure it out. So I would say, you know, always would go to class. That was like my one biggest takeaway from college is like, even if you're not going to pay attention, like be there and just by osmosis, like you'll learn something or, or you'll not miss anything more importantly. And then in your free time, I had a ton of free time in college and enough to do both, to have fun with my friends and explore and, and kind of do that, but also to work on this stuff. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is mobile and I could do it all from my phone. Shopify was on the phone, Instagram was on the phone, all that stuff. So figuring all that out from the phone, you know, was, was pretty easy. So that's kind of how I was able to manage both throughout school. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, so you do, I, I did some research and it said like you, you gain over $200,000 in revenue and you, you were featured in Fox sports and, and you sold the company and you have all these accomplishments uh, with just the A-list design group while in school. Uh, what made you make the decision uh, to sell the company when you graduated and what made you make that transition to, to snapback? I guess, because usually, you know, people must have thought like, hey, he's got the A-list design group, man. He's going all in after college. But you, you were able to sell it right out of the gate. So um, take us through that thought process. Yeah. So one of my big uh, things is just like doing what you love to do. And I personally just don't love the merch side of things. I think like from a business standpoint, the margins are shaky. Uh, there's a lot of supply chain, like to get product to consumer and everyone to be satisfied by the end of the day is a lot for a very limited margin. So I just didn't love the merch. I like the creativity to it all, but really it came from solving a problem, which was I had to pay you know, these big Instagram or big Twitter pages, thousands of dollars to market our product, and it would really kill our margin. So I was like, let me start my own page. They're not doing anything too crazy. Like I follow sports really well. And Instagram was busy, Twitter was busy. So we went to snap. And that's kind of where, you know, it just started to snowball and started to grow. So after I saw that, I, you know, we eliminated the merch side of the business by selling it off. And then I just started, which was real underscore sports was the original name of the whole thing. Cause I wanted to showcase real live sports. I was in Austin. I was three hours from Houston and Dallas, two hours from San Antonio. I was home for Knicks games. I was home for, you know, Ravens game. So yeah. I had a lot of access into that. And this is before Instagram stories. So that vertical frame was really like first on snap and it was a really good way of showcasing that stuff. So uh, that's, it came from solving, you know, what was a problem, which was, I was dishing out thousands of dollars in social media marketing when we could be the ad platform, um, ourselves. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, what was the reaction from like your friends and family, right? After, especially after you, uh, you sold the company, cause were, were they uh, pretty supportive with like your entrepreneurial, uh, tendencies or were they like, Hey, Jack, like, you should, you should try to get like an entry level position with a pro sports team or something. I mean, what, well, I did, I oh, did. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so my first job out of college was at action network sports betting media company. Um, and I also went to work at whistle sports about a year and a half after I started there. So I, that's one of those things where like, you can be entrepreneurial and you don't have to give up and do everything right. Like 
<clears throat> I have a lot of respect for Gary V and a lot of these, you know, life coaches and all these great things. I, I mean, I did it. I made the leap after a few years and it was the best decision of my life, but not everyone's in a position where they can graduate school and then, you know, be able to pay rent, pay for food, pay for all these things. So I took a job and because it helped me grow and it helped me learn. And I knew at that point at just 21, 22 years old that like, I didn't know everything. So I wanted to learn all those different things. Um, so I was lucky enough to get some cool jobs along the way, grow as a person, grow the business. And then uh, about six months ago, kind of went full time on Snapback. Yeah, man. Congratulations on, uh, on that, man. Um, you. That's, you know, that, that's a tough, tough leap, right? Like sometimes it's, it's tough to decide, okay, like I'm, I have this great mentorship, you know, under a larger company and I've been grateful for these opportunities, but then there's this other side with you. I mean, it seems like, you know, the other part of you is like, man, I want to do this entrepreneurial side, but full time and really create something. Was there a definitive moment of time where you're like, I'm ready to make this transition. Like, what were you looking for in order to, to take that leap of faith? Yeah. So I'll say two things. One, I think at some point you just know, right? Like you have the feeling of, okay, it's probably time to make this leap. We're comfortable knowing that, you know, we have some deals, so revenues will be fine. And I can, you know, have a place to put my head at night and <clears throat> I can eat. Right. So that's one. But then what, what makes you make that leap? And we had just gotten a couple inbound requests for different things to do. And, you know, given the fact that I was at Whistle, it was exclusive and I kind of had to be at Whistle. Um, I just wanted to be more open. Like I love collaborating with different companies. Um, you've seen us work with House of Highlights and Bleacher and ESPN and SportsCenter. And, you know, even right here, right? Like, these were things that I was just somewhat limited to doing before. So it was knowing that it was time. And, it, and then it was kind of that opportunity that was out there um, that, that was kind of the turning point back in January. Yeah, man, that, that's dope for sure. And what's crazy to me is like you started Snapback um, like in 2017 and then by 2018, it was number one sports podcast on, on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> so it's like, how did you, how were you able to like stay grounded when it gained that much traction within one year time span and, and, uh, you know, continue to stay patient and, and just no one went, went to, to strike the, the opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't take it too seriously, uh, which might sound silly, obviously, because it is a real thing. It's a real business. You know, we're supporting other people within it. Um, but like, you know, I'm just talking sports, like I'm just having fun. So I think, knowing that, you know, I'm just another guy who's working hard and, you know, maybe things have broken my way to a degree, but um, I just don't take it all too, too serious. Cause I think at the end of the day, it's sports, you know, we like talking trash to each other. Everyone's rooting for their favorite team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the success off the bat was huge. It kind of proved out, you know, what we were building, what we were working on. And now, you know, four years later, which is crazy. That's been four years you know, every day is another great day. I mean, this is the biggest day in Snapback Sports history. We finally got a show on Snapchat. We've been working on this for the last two and a half, three years. Awesome. Um, so we finally got the show and today was the launch. So like every today day. Today was the day? Today was the day. Today what? Was the, Dude, yeah. what? Damn, bro. Congrats. Yeah, so we just, 
Thank you. We just launched yeah. Here to Argue. It's a show where I'm kind of talking through like the biggest internet debates that you would fight over your friends with. So like, which star would you take? Tatum, D-Book, Trey Young, Spider Mitchell, right? Like stuff that you text with your friends about. So I kind of wanted to make that just listening off the feedback from the audience. Um, but yeah, like every day, just try and have your next best day, but also know that like, even if it's not, you know, your time will come. Dude, that's that's crazy. Congrats, man. I can't believe today's the day, man. I mean, yeah. you're a hot commodity right now, <laughs> man. So respect, respect. So, you know, you started, I mean, it must be surreal for you, right? Because you you go back and you start in 2017, becomes the number one podcast within one year. Um, are you ever surprised by how much traction it's gained and and how quickly it's accelerated? Like, do you ever take a step back and you're like, damn, like, this is fucking crazy. Like, I started this, like, while I was in college and or the, these concepts while in college and these entrepreneurial tendencies. And now I really have my own company and, and I've had this deal with, with Snapchat now. Like, yeah. does it ever hit you, man? Like, uh, I think I want to think about when that would be. Um, when I, I mean, when I played in the house of highlights competition, I was playing a game of knockout for a hundred K. Um, when I was working the Super Bowl, you know, and I'm eight rows back from the end zone, like those are moments that are like, this is like, once again, not taking myself too seriously. This is ridiculous. Like if the Suns win tonight, I'm booking a flight to Phoenix. I'm going to get to see Chris Paul play in the finals and that'll be a work trip. So I think those are the moments that are just like, this is amazing. Um, this is so much fun. And like always forever grateful for the audience. Cause when you ask, you know, am I surprised? Right. Of course, like it's still a surprise day by day, but like the key is I'm listening to the audience. The audience is literally telling me post this, do this. I love this. I hate this. And so like when I build something that's perfect for an audience, they're going to react in a super positive way. So I think that's, that's always been Snapback's key, which is it's all about the fam. You know, we call the audience the Snapback family. Yeah, so uh, that's the key. That's the key. Dude, that's crazy, man. So, I mean, how how big is the team out of curiosity? Like, is it just you that's constantly posting, like, content on the go? Because I feel like you're always busy, always posting stuff. I see your personal account. I see the snap Snapback account. Like, uh, how, how large is the team, man? So, the team is technically, technically one, which is me. Um, but, but we definitely have, we have a lot of help. So my business manager, Alex Scheinman has, uh, he's unlocked us. He started working with me about a year ago and it's just taken us completely to the next level. So he's been massive in it all. Uh, Abe, who's the co-host of the pod, he helps out with the snapback pod account on Instagram as well. And it's just super fun. Always keeping the content original and fresh. Uh, got a bunch of summer interns who are kind of chipping in, got some other people who are helping out. And so really, it, you know, it takes a team effort of freelancers and video editors and photo editors of managing all this stuff. And, you know, they need to want to be a part of it. Um, I'm paying, you know, we pay them. I don't want it to sound like your typical unpaid internship because you're getting an opportunity. Like, I don't believe in that. Like, if you do work, you deserve to be compensated for it. But like, they need to want to have fun with it and have a passion for it, because I think that's what comes through in the content. And everyone who's a part of the team has been awesome. Um, one day, hopefully we'll be hiring others full time, but for now it's like me technically. And then a team of, you know, six, seven people helping out. Damn, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, you know, are your friends like ever 
shocked about some of the opportunities that you have. I mean, you're talking to me casually, like, yeah, if the Suns win tonight, I'm going to the finals, like super low key about it. Like, what what are some of the reactions from from people that were close to you, especially that knew you before? Um, you know, you you grew this this business and, and such a large following. Yeah, it's funny. I think there were definitely moments that you know early on they were like, "Holy crap, that's insane!" Uh, the moment that was really that you know that a lot of people reached out and they were like, "Okay, this is getting ridiculous." Like, because you know I was the kid on Snapchat and Snapchat was not the main social media platform. And then we had the podcast, and number one was sick. But like we kind of hacked the algorithm and like we knew like how to gamify it. Right. Um, right. And so like that was dope. But like when I talked to Mark Cuban and interviewed him um, and got picked to do that, um, which was set up by Alex, people were like, OK, this, this is pretty crazy. You know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's it's been uh like we played in a Madden league with Kyler and Hollywood Brown and Joe Mixon. And, you know, we, like we've done so much. I played against two in Madden, like these ridiculous yep. things. Right. Yeah. And now at this point, like there's been a few of them. And so they're like, oh, all right, it's just another day for Jack. For me, I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, why are we even getting to do this? Uh, I mean, we interviewed the Heisman winner, a top 10 pick in the draft, Devonte Smith. And it's kind of just hum, hum, ho. Right. Um, from my friends not that they're not supportive yeah. but just that you know it's kind of become commonplace which is dope which is really dope no yeah for sure I mean they probably think like man like he just kind of gets it but in your head you're like man this is a grind man like you guys have, have no idea like just one lock it's like damn like it's a miracle that I get to talk to these people right so yeah um like would you what was what has been like your favorite collaboration as you mentioned you know, you, you play Madden with Tua, right? He was kind of, you know, the big name, of course, last year being the number one pick in the draft. I saw you, you know, play as him in Madden. So that must have been surreal. Then you have, you know, over quarantine, I watched the Mark Cuban interview that you and Alex set up. That was crazy. Um, then the, on top of that, to make things even crazier, you do an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk. And yeah. you mentioned he was an idol for you. So talk about that. Like what, what has been your favorite collaboration? I know it's tough. You've had so many, but um, has there been one that's that really stuck out to you and has been like your favorite so far? Yeah. So I think playing, playing, you know, a Madden series with my brother in that Madden league, our favorite teams, you know, number one wide receiver was in it. And just being able to create content with my brother, you know, during that tough time, which was COVID for everyone and trying to bring, bring, you know, some fun smiles, you know, to everyone's face. I know I had the best time of my life. And, you know, a lot of people I'm sure watching had had a great time watching. So that was really cool. Uh, you know, being able to record a podcast twice a week with my best friend, you know, starting to involve family and friends and all this stuff. has just been the most special part. And then at the end of the day, the most fun stuff is going to MSG, seeing the Knicks playoff game. And fans, you know, snapback fan members coming up to me, yo, Jack, what's up? And seeing them out at the games. Um, so that stuff's just super, super cool to be able to see, you know, the people have been supporting for now uh, almost four years. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So, I mean, you're obviously have mastered this idea of building partnerships and building relationships. It's obviously, uh, you know, means a lot to you, especially for the long term. Uh, as you mentioned, like, so one night I was watching the NBA, an NBA game, right? And I, I see like, oh, at halftime coming up, like Jack Settleman is like going to be like, 
doing an interview, I'm like, wait, what? Like that name sounds familiar to me. Like, I think I texted this guy last night and all of a sudden with my friends, you know, maybe having a couple brews and I'm like, wait, Jack Selman, like what? This is nuts, man. So uh, like talk about those kind of partnerships, like next level with TNT, the knockout, like especially with the NBA, how do you make those happen? Like where it's like beyond social media and actual traditional, uh, you know, media route? Yeah, that's a great question. So number one, credit always goes to Alex. Alex is the king of this stuff. He connects, he figures it out. He makes those moves for us. Um, Obviously I have to have created something that's worthwhile um, to, you know, to get that attention. But yeah, he's, he's the plug behind the scenes, but that one was, you know, through House of Highlights. House of Highlights is owned by Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report's owned by Turner. Turner owns TNT. So they do a really good job of building out that content in the promotional aspect, in the live window, and then in the post. So part of the promo is to, you know, have the TNT crew pick the order of the knockout tournament. So that's kind of how I ended up on TNT and that. Then it was live on YouTube, All-Star Weekend on Friday night. And then they host a lot of that stuff on their on their YouTube channel for the post stuff. But yeah, TNT and and House of Highlights, Bleacher, just being you know in that realm is is insane. That's crazy. I mean, take us through the TNT knockout, right? With Mark Phillips and, and uh, you know you have the broadcast boys there. And yeah, man, did that hit you? I mean, that must have been so fun. Jenna Bandy, like I was watching the video, she does not miss, man. Like. She's money, man. I would have been out like within seconds. I would have just given up, bro. Like, I mean, that that must have been surreal, man. She was a sniper. It was so cool. They built like a whole arena for us, like a whole studio, which was super, super cool. Um, And a lot of our audience showed up, which was super dope. And I think, you know, seeing our audience travel and by travel, I mean like their fingers traveling to the YouTube link uh, and showing up and being supportive was awesome because then it led to other opportunities like these TNT betting streams that we're doing or these NBA TV betting streams all through Turner. So, you know, creating those relationships and being genuine in them and giving your best uh, throughout them really just pays off at the end of the day. Yeah. Out of those, that group, like, who are you most tight with? You know, do you guys ever reminisce on that, on that match? Is there another? Well, well, there's been one, there's been one since they did a dodgeball tourney and Mark and uh, their squad, they won it all 250 K, which is a a nice take uh, for that group. Um, I would say, you know, Kenny and MMG who are two YouTubers. Kenny's more 2K. MMG is a Madden YouTuber. Um, Super close with them. Another guy from, you know, Mark's team as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just think good people, like, you know, a lot of these people, I mean, they're way bigger than me. Like I was probably the smallest one there, um, but they're just genuine humans. Everyone had a great time. We played basketball, like after the tournament, just all together, just having a good time. So, um, you know, make those friendships really. And I'm sure I'll run into those, those people down the road. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of influencers now going into like sports and a lot of creators and, and, um, you know, YouTubers, uh, it, if you were interested in doing like a one V one basketball game or even boxing, man, I don't know if you had to challenge anyone, uh, I guess who would it be like within who another creator, another entrepreneur, uh, anything come to mind or. 
So, so it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people have followed me. They know that I do boxing workouts and I always say, who wants these hands, right? I've got the hands. Um, and I, I've never actually fought someone or sparred. I just like hit the heavy bag and do my workouts. Um, and then all these YouTubers and influencers become fighters, right? Over the past year. So people are like, have you been training for five years to get ready for this stuff? And I'm like, no, I, I couldn't fight anyone. I don't think um, still a little scrawny boy who, who doesn't like being hit so uh basketball 1v1 is more my thing and house of highlights has been doing this pull-up thing which is dope so phase rug and bruatis i think played um then aiden ross played phase rug yesterday and it's like 25 grand on the line winner takes all 1v1 so i think flight white is the next one up everyone loves flight he's an internet legend icon uh right now but uh, I would love to play the the winner of that. Um, I've seen Flight play though. I would toast him. He's trash. Um, hey. A lot of these, a lot of these guys that I've been seeing, I, I think I could take them. So uh, I'm just I'm staying locked in, seeing seeing who who comes out of that. All right, respect. I know Frank Michael Smith played him too. My guy. Um, would, would you play him? Have you have you taken him on or? Yeah, FMS, we're uh, hopefully doing some collabs soon. He's he's a good player. Um, I think we would probably be of like equal skill would be my guess based off what I've heard and what I've seen. So I would love to play him. I might have to head out to Cali and see if uh, if I can take him down. Yeah, man. Are there are there any other collaborations that you hope to do in the future, whether it's playing sports or like just creating content or doing a podcast? Is there anyone I, that comes to mind? There's, there's no one specifically that comes to mind. I think that was our goal for 2021 is to collaborate because that's not only the best way to grow, but it's also the most fun content because people will listen to me all day long, obviously. But like at the end of the day, we want new, fresh stuff and you want to meet new people and new energies and all that stuff. So um, athlete wise, you know, Chris Paul and Lamar, those are the guys I need to get to interview for a pod, meet them. Um, but in terms of like influencers, YouTubers, that type of stuff, just any opportunity that's out there, I'm always open to. Yeah, the the baby goat, man, the baby goat. So I mean, you're at, you're actually an owner of a uh, of a football team. So, uh, you know, t talk to us about that. Like, how did you how did you go about that and becoming an owner? And um, yeah, like that that to me is crazy. Like the FCF Wild Aces. Um, how how did you go about that? Because maybe we'll see Lamar someday. Uh, under 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 that name so we'll see <laughs> yeah the the fan control football league so they started up this past season well they've been around for a few years but this is the inaugural season four teams uh they invited five uh athletes influencers celebrities whatever per team to be co-owners so i'm with austin eckler i'm with greg from um funny kind of funny gaming and you know two others as well barb and rachel um, and so they were like, you know, what team do you want to be on? Uh, and I was like, I feel like I matched this team's vibe and I really did. So I was happy about that. Like some of the other teams, Quavo or Marshawn Lynch's team or Bob Mennery, right? Like super fun, but like, I could tell these, this is my squad. Um, and we ended up going and winning the whole thing. But the reason we got involved was because it's fan controlled and we have the snapback famine. Like they want to be involved in this stuff. They want to participate in this stuff. So um, that, that was an obvious tie-in. It, it was a super intriguing thing. I got to go down to Atlanta twice, which was amazing. And we won the title in a walk-off 
touchdown. I ran on the field. I'm an, I'm a co-owner. So I was like, they can't stop me. Right. And if security <laughs> throws me out, they throw me out. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It was super fun. Yeah, man, you, you own that shit. So I don't know, man, you could do whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm just curious cause I saw your, your IG stories and like with, uh, Quavo and the Migos and you mentioned that briefly and seeing these other owners like Bob Menery and, um, you know, just these other big names, Marshawn Lynch, of course, did you ever have conversations with guys like Quavo or Migos to kind of talk trash about, about te your teams or just talking about, um, you know, life at all? Yeah. So we, we played Quavo's squad. Did we play them in the final? I think we played them in the final. Um, and we, so, you know, he was close by, he kind of keeps to his own, you know, with, with his group of people he was with. Um, but we got to hang out with the TikTokers. So like Josh Richards, he's a league ambassador. He was down there. Super cool kid. Uh, we spent a lot of time with destroying during the, during the time down there. He's super cool. I, I'd done a podcast with him before. Um, so yeah, so just a lot of good people, nice people. The FCF was really smart and the people they chose who were really good ambassadors of their league. Yeah, for sure, man. No, that's crazy. Josh Richards too. I mean, he, he seemed like a cool, cool dude too. Yeah. Super cool, super down to earth, um, really gets it from just business perspective. Um, and is just a, a nice person. And that that's, you know, whether it's talking to athletes on the pod, whether it's meeting influencers or celebrities in person, it's really at the end of the day, what you learn a lot of, which is like, it humanizes you, right? Like everyone thinks and looks up to these people and thinks they're awesome and they are, but they're also just like, you know, chill people that, that yeah. just want to hang and, you know, no one's too cocky or no one's mean, like everyone's just having a good time. Yeah, man. You got to get on a uh, BFFs, man. I don't know. It could be, <laughs> could be coming. That, that, yeah. that could be dope. Um, yeah, I guess, to, I guess to wrap up, I guess, um, you know, obviously you're, you're an interviewer, you're an entrepreneur, you're a creator, you're this internet personality. Uh, you're also a card collector, right? So in your opinion, how would you describe yourself? And um, yeah, what, what, how, how would you describe yourself, I guess? Oh, that's a tough question. I would say, you know, I'm just a, a person who's trying to have fun. And by having fun, that means you know, making your hobbies into your job or monetizing your hobbies. So I love sports cards. So trying to figure out, you know, okay, how besides collecting, can we make money besides flipping? Do we make shows around it? Do we make content around it? Uh, NFTs have been super fun for me. NBA Top Shot's been super fun for me. I love talking sports. So instead of just debating with my friends, can we make it into a business? But, but stay having fun with it, right? What do I love the most about sports? It's being in arena, being at a stadium. Okay, so how do we go make these snapback experiences not only fun for ourselves, not only make money off of them, but also fun for other people to consume and to watch and to debate and interact with. So um, I'm just trying to have fun out here. Life, you know, isn't too serious. Um, do what makes you happy. That's the, that's the goal at the end of the day. Do you prefer NFTs or sports cards? If you had to pick one and if they were at the same value, like a one of one, MJ rookie Fleer card, actual card, tangible card, or 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 that same kind of value in in a NFT form or digital form. What 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 direction would you go in? That's a good question. I would say, I would say, okay, I would say this. Money wise, if they're the same value, I would take the NFT. 
But if it was a special card to me, I'd rather have that card. And what I mean by that is like, they don't write, they don't have Lamar Jackson stuff or Flacco stuff. But like, if I could have a one of one Lamar of equal value, I'd rather that. But if it's something like LeBron, who I love, but like, he's not my favorite player, or it's someone, you know, of, of super high value, Kevin Durant, like, I'd rather NFT more liquid, don't, can't lose it, can't break it, can't do anything wrong with it. Nothing can go wrong there. Um, so that's kind of how I think about that. If it's something personal, even if it's of high value, I'd rather be able to hold it. If it's just something of high value um, that's worth something, I, I prefer the NFT version of it. Yeah. What's your favorite asset of each that you currently own? Um, yeah, my, my favorite asset of each, I have a Lamar Jackson RPA uh, rookie patch auto NT to five, but instead of a patch, instead of a patch, it's actually the Ravens emblem. So it's the Raven head um, on the card, which is, you know, the coolest Thanks. thing I, I have. And then my favorite NFT is the LeBron Kobe tribute dunk on NBA top shot. So wow. special play uh, only 59 exists at that level. So just super cool stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Maybe, maybe a snapback NFT coming out soon, maybe uh, yes, put in the works. Of course we've talked about, and we've thought about it. You know, we saw a lot of people cash grabbing NFTs and, and dumping on the market and creating no utility or no value and just trying to, you know, extract money from their audience. That's never how we're going to do it. I think what's interesting to us is as the technology evolves, some form of a community coin. So get rewarded for watching content, get rewarded for sharing content, get rewarded for showing up every day and, and watching a snapback sports story. And then being able to cash that in for merch, for experiences, for ticket, you know, for stuff like that. And you create this community coin. Um, I think we're a year probably a little longer away from that becoming a real possibility. But that's the stuff that interests me is being able to be the biggest snapback sports fan and get rewarded for being that uh, as well. For sure. For sure. I guess some um, quick fire questions I have for you, but because I know you're super busy, I don't want to keep you much longer. No but, worries. No worries. Um, NBA questions, just quick fire questions. Uh, would you rather have Tatum or, or Zion? Oh. Like build the team around. Jeez. Uh, Jason Tatum, only because on here to argue's first episode, I took Tatum over Booker, Trey, and Spider. <laughs> so I got to stick with them. But Zion, people, I mean, this is the thing, you know, as smart as I think I am, and I promise you, if you are the smartest in the room, you, you don't want to be in that room. So I try to listen as much as I can. And I was with Brian Scalabrini, the white mamba, and he said, and he, you know, he's a Celtics announcer. And he said, Zion, you know, he played in the league, he played with Kobe, he played against Kobe, he played against LeBron, right? He was like, Zion is like different. And to hear him say that in terms of like, grown men fear this guy when he's attacking them. Um, right. And and there's so many better players in the league right now. Yeah. You know, Giannis <laughs> is in the conference finals. He's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger. And just the way he described it makes me wonder like, what could Zion become? But Right. You know, his, his knees, his back, the, the weight, all those concerns. Yeah. I go Tatum out of safety. He's a long athletic scoring wing. That's what thrives in the NBA. So what about Zion or Luca then? Are oh, Luca, Luca, Luca. Sure. Yeah, Luca's different. He's a, I mean, ball handlers are kind of the premium in the whole situation, creators. And he's just, I mean, he's yeah. another level. And are, are you still taking Tatum over Booker? Because I remember 
I, I know you said you stuck with them before, and I respect that, man. I'm a Celtics fan, so I'm die I'm diehard Tatum. But are are you Booker's playing pretty well right now? Are you you sticking with Tatum or or Booker yeah, for the long term? Booker's a stud, but Jason Tatum for sure. Like if you swap Tatum and Booker this year right now, like I, there's no reason why I don't think the Suns aren't in the exact same spot. There's nothing that Devin Booker's doing much better or maybe even better at all than Jason Tatum. So yeah, Tatum, Tatum spectacular. Tatum is awesome. Um, It's kind of rough waters right now in Boston. They're in a little like weird spot with, you know, with Jalen and Tatum, but yeah, Tatum's a superstar for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, just going off of that, like I'm a big Celtics fan, but one thing I have was, would you rather have Jalen Brown or Julius Randle? I know you're a Knicks guy. So, uh, who, who, who are you picking? Oh, that's tough. I, I'll, I think they're probably dead even, uh, in my opinion, like in terms of just absolute output. But once again, I always favor these wings, these long athletic wings who can, you know, score, but also play really good defense. So yeah. if you gave me the option to swap Jalen Brown for Julius Randle, all things considered that they'll probably be on those max deals. I'd go Jalen, like, 51, Randall, 49 right now. Right. Damn, man. Respect, respect. Um, I guess the last question to wrap it up is, what what advice would you give to uh, younger individuals that are hoping to pursue content creating full-time or, or start that business full-time? And, and uh, what advice would you give them in order to monetize those kind of opportunities? Yeah, so I would say don't think about monetization, obviously, off the bat, you know, think about what you like to do. But the the tip or the advice is just do it, like go do it, right? So you want to create a podcast, go do it. You want to start a YouTube channel, go do it. You want to start an Instagram page, go do it. You'll probably fail. Uh, and failure is good. Learn to love to fail, you know, testing, call it testing, because testing, you're allowed to mess up failing people are like, Oh, no, my life's ending. So learn to love to fail or test. Um, But the reason I say just do it and just start something is because, you know, just by creating this podcast, right? People listening, they're like, okay, I'm just listening to two people talk. It's pretty simple. It's not all that, that, right? Just by doing a podcast, you got to find a hosting platform. I don't know what hosting platform you use. We use Anchor, which is super simple. So so you got to figure that out. Then you got to figure out how to edit audio. Then you got to figure out, you know, you booked me as a guest today, right? Like create that relationship, send a calendar invite. Then after this, you got to video edit because you need clips from the pod. Then you got to learn how to post on social media. Then you got to learn how to find sponsorships for the podcast to monetize. Then you got to worry about fan engagement, right? So just by creating this podcast, which is super easy, you've now learned eight new things along the way. And that is so valuable as you go forward because a lot of jobs, right? They stick you in these little boxes and they say, this is your job, do this. And you're only learning one or two skills. And just by creating your own thing, um, you'll learn so many. I, I love it on YouTube too, thumbnails, titles, uh, first, second engagement, advertising, all that stuff. Like collaboration, how to work on that stuff. So go start something, um, ask questions, learn, don't be afraid to fail um, and, and make stuff happen. Amen, for sure. I, thank you so much, Jack. Appreciate you taking time. I know we're a little bit over, but really appreciate it, man. Really appreciate what you're doing. And um, yeah, if there's any way I could support you or, or the Snapback fam, 
uh, feel free to reach out. You and Alex are killing it. Uh, so I've, I've been trying to meet up with you guys for a while now throughout quarantine. I know we text, but um, yeah, yeah, just keep doing what you guys are doing. And, and uh, hopefully I see you in, in another knockout competition <laughs> or see you on NBA maybe within the next couple of days or something. But uh, yeah, man, keep killing it for sure. I appreciate it, Kevin. Seriously, what you've been building, I've been keeping an eye on it. So uh, keep rolling with it. Keep it going. You know, the best thing in life is for people to think you're an overnight success. When that moment finally comes, that breakthrough happens, just know that, you know, it's the grind. It takes time. Be patient. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're doing amazing. You definitely have had your, your wins along the way. Keep stacking wins. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. For sure, man. For sure. All day. All day. Appreciate it, Jack. Keep killing it, man. Hey, brother. Have Peace. a good one. Thanks, man. You too.